Today, it's another Ask Scanner School podcast episode where I answer your scanner radio questions. Let's get right into it. All units stand three. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed. Suspects are armed and are firing at police. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Now, this is the first Tuesday of October, and that means that it's time for the Ask Scanner School session. On the first Tuesday of every month, I answer your questions, and I need your questions in order to continue to do these types of podcasts. So if you would go to scannerschool.com ask and submit your question either via our SpeakPipe link, the form, or even by dialing 516-308-2885, we will answer your questions on an upcoming podcast episode. And if you use our SpeakPipe link or the number, again, 516-308-2885, we will put you in the running for a free tutoring session. So we've got two questions this month. And before we get there, I want to thank John Storsberg for sending me a voicemail and some really great feedback that I really do appreciate about the podcast. So John, before I got into this month's questions, I just wanted to say thank you very much for your review and also for your voicemail. All right, our first question for the month comes from Joe. Joe, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, hi there. My name is Joe, and I don't know anything about scanners. I used to have the old scanners. I was hoping more for a response from the teacher, and I hope he will get back to me. My question is, Trunking systems. I live in Hudson Valley, New York, Poughkeepsie, close by, and I heard that they had a trunking system, and most police departments have trunking systems. I want to know, how do you, do you need a list to program these trunking systems to hear the police in your area? Uh, how does that work? And uh, basically, that's what I want to know. How does that work? How do you hear the police? If you have like, if you're like me, you have no experience except for the old scanners that were easy. But this trunking system—that's why I haven't bought a scanner. But I'm hoping with the professor there, he could kind of like straighten it out for me. Thank you very much. My name is Joe, seventy-three. Hey, Joe, thank you so much for asking your question. And yeah, we'll break that down for you in uh, little steps so you can understand how trunking works. Now. Trunking is basically a pool of frequencies. It's a trunk of voice traffic or a trunk of voice frequencies. So let's break that down into the bits and pieces so you understand how to program your radio. Now, I looked at Poughkeepsie up in Dutchess County, and it looks like the police and a lot of public safety is on a New York Comco EDAX system. And EDEX basically means is that it is a, a GE or MACOM, I believe, is the, the manufacturer that still is holding on to EDEX equipment. And it's a older type of trunking. So the, 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 the language, the computer language that is broadcast over the air that your radio understands 
is an older technology and, and will most likely be replaced at some point by P25. But for right now, it looks like it's an EDAX system. Again, EDAX has been basically sunsetted by the manufacturer. So what that basically means is that replacement parts and components are gonna become harder and harder and harder to get. Many entry-level scanner radios that support trunking will support EDAX. So a Trunk Tracker 3 will work fine on this. So whether that be the unit in brand name or Whistler or GRE or Radio Shack, right? Anything that's that's that kind of trunking type of setup, a Trunk Tracker 3 will work on an EDAX system. The difference here though on this system is that you have a couple of digital talk groups. That would require a digital scanner that supports Pro Voice. Now, if you want to know which talk groups are digital, you can go to Radio Reference, go to the database, go to New York, go to Duchess, and then look for the trunk systems. I'll put a link to this, by the way, into the podcast description to help you out here. And you'll see that there's a list of talk groups. And anything with an A in the mode column is an analog talk group and anything with a D would require a pro voice. So basically you've got Hyde Park Police Tactical is digital. There's Poughkeepsie PD encryption. So that's not gonna help you anyway. The ESU is digital. Poughkeepsie Town PD has got a digital channel, uh, two digital channels, and it looks like there's also a digital TAC channel. So I don't know what's on these digital channels. For my neighbor in county, the digital was a lot of surveillance and stuff that they thought that people couldn't hear, but you know, those days have changed now with encryption. So there's, if you look down the list, you'll see see quite a bit. Again, to like Kingston NARC is a digital talk group. So again, if you want to listen to those, you will need something that operates under Pro Voice. So let's go to the nuts and bolts, right? How does trunking work and, and what makes it different than conventional? So when you have a conventional frequency, you own that frequency, right? So whether or not you're using that to talk at any given time, it's yours. You own it. Nobody else is licensed to use that. For example, if a fire district has a dispatch frequency that they use for all of their dispatch alarms, well, they'll use it to dispatch out their their volunteers or their you know their, their firefighters. But for the rest of the day, when nothing is happening, nobody else is using that resource. That frequency is just sitting there with no no activity on it. Right? It's it's a wasted resource. Well, when it comes to trunking, what ends up happening is you take a large number of users and you compress them down into a small number of voice channels. That's because when a talk group is not active, it's not taking up any resources on a trunk system. But when a talk group is active, it gets assigned to one of the voice channels. And when that talk group is done using that voice channel, when they de-key the microphone, that voice channel goes back into the pool so that another talk group can reclaim that resource. The idea here is that the system has been analyzed and for 90 something percent of the time, there are no more than X number of talk groups on at the exact same time, which basically means that there should be plenty of overhead, plenty of voice frequencies available for any number of talk groups that are typically being used at a higher capacity time. Now, again, there's going to be a situation, of course, where finally more users are trying to key up on talk groups and there are voice resources, but then they get pulled and they put get put into a queue. And then when the resource is available, 
their radio will beep to let them know that they are now able to use that system. So let's break down again the different parts of a trunk system. Well, first we have the control channel. This is what our radio listens to. And even the two-way radios, they listen to this control channel. And over this control channel, there's information such as the trunk system ID, any of the sites that are neighbors. And if depending on the trunk system, what the frequencies that are gonna be used are and, and other things about this trunk radio system. On an EDAC system, the channels aren't broadcast, the frequencies aren't broadcast. What you really have to have on an EDAC system is a logical channel numbering. Again, we're gonna talk about that in just one second here. So you've got this control channel. The control channel you could think of as being the conductor in an orchestra. This conductor will tell users what frequencies to go to. They'll tell the user what frequencies are, are active. It'll, it basically is the traffic cop of the system. I usually just call it the conductor of the orchestra. Now you also have alternative control channels. And that basically means that if the control channel should ever go down, your radio should look for these alternate channels. Now, again, for an EDAC system, we're not going to go down that route because of logical channel numbering. I'll explain it again in one second here. We also have our voice channels. These voice channels are dedicated channels for voice traffic. This is where we will have our talk groups come up on, okay? Now, EDAX has logical channels. We talked about this before. Now, what this basically means is you have a number of channels, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, et cetera, et cetera. The frequencies are assigned in these logical channel numbering spots. So, for example, I'm going to look at the Illinois Mountain site, and you've got channel one is 851-4125, channel two is 860-8875, channel three is 858-8375, all the way to, again, it's because channel one, two, three, four, six, seven, and 11 are the defined channels on this system. You have to program these channels in that particular order and in those slots in your scanner. Because the way EDAX works is instead of saying, go to this channel here, EDAX doesn't have a calculator in it. The radio is supposed to know what's defined in each channel slot. And when the control channel, when the coordinator, when the conductor says, you go to channel five, you go to channel 11, you go to channel one, well, that's all the radio knows from the overhead traffic, from the conductor. Your radio is going to say, I need to go to channel one. It's going to look at the table. It's going to say, oh, that is 854.4125. Where do I find this information? It's all in radio reference. Again, the link to this system is in the podcast description. Now, we also have what are called sites. A site is a either a group of networked transmitters or a particular transmitter on the system. For this New York Comco system, we have a couple of sites. We have in Ulster, Illinois Mountain, in Dutchess, Mount Beacon, in Ulster again, Sam's Point, in Dutchess, Millbrook, Ulster, Point Ewen, and in Orange, there's Shunamunk Mountain. I really hope I pronounced that correctly. So here's all the pieces that we've talked about thus far. We have sites. We have control channels. We have voice channels. Control channels and voice channels are programmed into your scanner in logical channel numbering. What's missing from this equation here? The talk groups. These are the groups that we are going to program into the trunk system. So instead of programming in 
frequencies into our scanner. We've now set up a system of trunk sites on a system, and we're defining the talk groups that we want to listen to. So for example, Dutchess County Law Enforcement has a talk group called 911 Dispatch 1. Now this is patched into 155.415. So I'm seeing from the description on radio reference. We would program in talk group 457 in decimal format or in AFS format 03-091. It depends on how you've set your radio up as to which mode you are going to be using the program. By using this information now, we've told our radio that on this New York Comco system, I want to listen to talk group 457. If you want to listen to 911 dispatch 2, you would put in channel or talk group 469. The radio will then scan those two talk groups on the system waiting for traffic. Once you have all this programmed in, it's the radio is going to basically operate as if it was a standard scanner. You're going to be able to follow and listen, lock out, hold, scan, etc. on each one of these talk groups. So the deal here is your control channel is saying, police, go to this frequency. Fire, go to that frequency. Ambulances, go to this frequency. And that's how the trunk system works. This is a very simplified version of a description on how trunk systems work. It's a little bit more involved. And the easiest way to program these by far is to use software. So depending on what scanner radio you use and you have would dictate what kind of software you are going to use. And by far, the best money you will spend at this point in time, because you're trying to understand how trunk systems work, is by getting a radio reference premium subscription and then using your software to log into the radio reference database, selecting what it is you want to listen and sending that to the software. That will then automatically configure the software for everything that your radio needs. And then all you got to do is really push that information to the radio and the data is already sent in there so you can listen to it. You'll have to add the system keys if you need to, or the or the favorites list group, or the scan list, or whatever it is your radio defines a bank or a scan list as. But by far, the easiest way to do this, especially with somebody who's just starting out with trunking, is get the software, program it into your scanner, make sure you have a radio reference premium subscription. This takes all of the guesswork out of it. I really wish I had this when I first started with trunking, but it's a lot easier to do it with computer-based software than it is by hand. Trust me, when I first started doing this, I did it by hand. And then I moved over to computer-based software and I've never looked back again. I will not do this again via hand. There's no, no hand programming for me on trunk systems. Joe, I really hope that this helped you out. And if you stand by, somebody is going to win a free tutoring session. If it is you, we can definitely sit down over Zoom and go through how to program your radio on this system. But we'll find out if you've won this at the end of the podcast. And as a reminder, if you're a Patreon supporter at the $3 a month level, you won't get this upcoming break. You can help support the podcast by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon, and there you will get the podcast early and also without this upcoming break. For everybody else, we'll catch you all in just one second. 
chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. All right, welcome back. We have one more question that comes in this month from Gary. So Gary, go ahead and ask your question. Phil, I know this is probably a dumb question, but if I'm traveling in my car with my SDS 100 and I am going down the freeway from Ohio down to Florida and I want to listen to things, do I need some sort of, I don't know, GPS thing type of attachment, or will it pick up things along the way? For example, I created a playlist of the CB radio channels. So on the way down, I thought I would be maybe hearing something on the CB. I know truckers don't use it that much anymore, but I was hoping I would hear something on this, on the, uh, talk group, or I'm sorry, this is the uh, favorites list group that I created for the CB radio, but I, I just don't hear anything. So I'm thinking maybe I need some sort of, I don't know, GPS attachment of some sort. Thanks. I appreciate it. Hey, Gary, really interesting question here. And this is definitely something that is going to cause a lot of stress if you don't have the scanner set up properly. Now, GPS scanning is good if you have multiple different favorites lists across multiple different geographical areas, and you want them to turn off and on as you traverse the landscape. For example, if you were driving from Maine to Florida, you wouldn't want to scan Florida when you're in Maine. 
and you wouldn't want to be scanning any other state or any other jurisdiction as you're just starting off your trip in Maine, right? No sense in listening to any other state except the one that you're in or maybe getting close to being into. This is where GPS really shines. You will need to have a system already stored and saved in your scanner that has GPS coordinates in it. Now, if you import from radio reference, that information is already being stored in your scanner as part of the import. So that's the first thing we want to worry about here. But you're asking about CB, and CB is actually a nationwide system in radio reference. And what that basically means is that there's no GPS coordinates really necessary for it because no matter where you are in the US, you should be able to use CB or listen to CB. So it's not gonna turn off and on, right, with the GPS. So the GPS, needing a GPS as far as listening to CB is not required in this example. But what would really help you out instead of a GPS is actually an external antenna. CB is point to point and it's pretty low power. So if you're using the antenna on top of your scanner and you're inside the car, you're really going to have a very hard time hearing any CB traffic unless you are basically within an eye shot of the vehicle doing the transmitting. And most times when you are in that position, you won't hear the other person they are talking to because they may be miles down the road. What you really need here and what you really should be investing in is an external antenna for your scanner. Now, let's look at it this way. The K40 equipment line is really like the de facto equipment as far as I'm concerned or as far as I know when it comes to your antennas for CB radio. They've been around since, I don't know, I want to say the 70s or maybe even earlier, but they've been known to have these giant magnetic bases with these giant whip antennas. And if you look at a K40 antenna that measures 57 inches in length versus the antenna that comes with your scanner radio, there's a huge difference in what you can expect as far as how well they are going to work. A 57-inch antenna on 11 meters is more of a match than the antenna that comes on your scanner. Said another way, that the K40CB antenna, that's pretty long, is built to better match the wavelength for CB. See, the antenna that comes with your scanner is a, what I call an equal opportunity offender. It's basically made to cover a large group of frequencies from the bottom of the band that the scanner is capable of receiving to the top of the band that the scanner is capable of receiving. And then everything in between. So it's not gonna work great everywhere. So if you're having a hard time listening to CB on your scanner radio, then the first thing I would do is actually invest in a antenna. Now, there's also a wild card here that we need to worry about. And the reason why we need to worry about this wild card is because you are using a home patrol style scanner. You're loading your scanner either using Sentinel or maybe even ARC 536 or ProScan. And if you're importing from radio reference, which is basically the default way of doing this in Sentinel, you have what's called service types. These service types are in the radio reference database as fire dispatch or law attack or hospitals, schools, other 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And if you look at Sentinel, you can turn service types off and on. And here's the deal. If you don't have a service type enabled, you will never hear any frequencies that are associated with that service type. For example, if you're trying to listen to a favorites list and it has police dispatch, fire dispatch, EMS dispatch frequencies in that favorites list and those frequencies are tagged with one of those service types and you only have fire dispatch enabled in your scanner, you have now effectively locked out the police dispatch and the EMS dispatch. Playing around with the scan list is not going to change anything unless you turn on that service type in the scanner. For example, when I was first playing around with some of these types of scanners with the Home Patrol database, I was trying to set up a scan list or a favorites list that monitored my local power company. And I would load it into the scanner and I would lock out all my other favorites lists except my utilities bank. And the scanner would say nothing to listen to, nothing to scan. And I couldn't figure out why. I would go into the favorites list. I could see all the frequencies in there. I would hit scan, nothing. Reprogram, 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 reprogram. I wasted hours doing this. And then I realized that the utilities service type was turned off, was unchecked. Once I enabled that type of service tag, service, service list, service tag, I think is what it is. Boom, I was able to listen to it. I looked at CB in the national database and it is set to other. So what you have to do on your scanner in order to enable CB is you have to go into your service types in your scanner and you have to enable the other service types. That will unlock all of the CB channels that you've got set up in your favorites list or your scan list. I'm really expecting not only that to be part of the problem, but the bigger problem here would be that you just can't receive anything you're trying to listen to because you're using the little antenna that came with the SDS-100. So long story short here, make sure you've got the other service types enabled in your scanner and see how using a dedicated CB antenna or just even a general scanner radio external antenna for your scanner would work. Now I'll put a link in the description to a couple of antennas that I would recommend from uh, Scanner Master. I use one of these and they work really, really well. I haven't tried it for, on CB, but there's also not a lot of CB out here on Long Island. So I'm really not expecting to hear anything anyway. But I'll put a link in the description for you and it's an affiliate link. So if you use that, you will help out the podcast here. And there's no pressure to use it. But again, it is definitely something that you may want to try. Gary, again, thank you so much for asking your question and check back in. Let me know if you've resolved this issue. All right, so now it's the end of the podcast and it is now time to pick a winner for our free tutoring session for this month. It's either going to be Gary or Joe. And I basically set up a random number uh, spreadsheet here on, on Google and we've got uh, Joe as one and Gary as two. And before I pick the one here, I want to remind you that you can win a free tutoring session by leaving me a question for the next Ask Scanner School by using your voice. Go to scannerschool.com slash ask and click on that speak pipe button to leave me a voicemail or pick up your phone and dial 516-308-2885 and leave me a voicemail and we will answer your questions on an upcoming podcast episode. But if you're Mike Shari, that's fine. Fill in the box over at scannerschool.com slash ask or email me. 
phil at scannerschool.com, and we will queue up your messages and answer them in upcoming podcast episodes. All right, so let's go ahead and pick a winner for this month's free tutoring session. Now, again, if you're looking for tutoring, you need help with your scanner, go to scannerschool.com slash tutoring, fill out the form, and we will schedule a tutoring session over Zoom so that we can work through whatever it is you need help on one-on-one. All my attention will be on you. All right, so Joe, Gary, head-to-head, let's see who wins this month's free tutoring session. I'm going to refresh the screen. One, two, three, four, and five. Joe, congratulations. You have won this month's free tutoring session. Please reach out to me, Phil, at scannerschool.com, and I will send you your code that you can use to knock off 100% off of the tutoring fee so that you can book your free tutoring session. For everybody else, again, if you would like to be tutored, you can go to scannerschool.com slash tutoring or is it scannerschool.com slash tutor? I forget now. <laughs> Fill out the, the intake form and uh, book your session there. And again, if you've got a question that you want me to answer, you can call me 516-308-2885 and leave the voicemail or by using the SpeakPipe link or the form over at scannerschool.com slash ask. And again, you can always email me, phil at scannerschool.com. And do it now because I need more questions for next month's Ask Scanner School session. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian Arsenal, Chris Paris, Classic Hank, Craig Harper, Dan, Daniel Chiavolella, Dave Pasco, David, David C., David Kuzneski, David Robertson, Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Glenn Davos, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Cordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, John Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgrand, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.